0: Welcome to the Crusader Talk Show Podcast. We are the faculty and staff at St. Joseph Academy, a traditional Catholic classical TK to 12 school. On this show, we'll talk about some of the most important topics for society today. We'll chat about education, virtue, faith, morals, and spirituality, but we'll also talk about some lighter topics too. I hope you enjoy.
1: Oh, here we are. Um, okay, so the topic for today is what is classical education? What are its advantages? What are its benefits? Why are we at St. Joseph Academy striving to be a classical school with a classical curriculum? And I think it's always important to define our terms. So when we say classical, classical education, what is a classical education? What is it not? How does it compare to other models of education, uh, especially many modern forms of education, both in public, private, schools today so yeah let's start there what is classical education
2: what makes a classical school i feel like that's Mm. a good question Mm.
1: so my name is mr murray and i work at saint joseph academy this is my sixth year i'm the athletic director i teach several religion classes one in the eighth grade and several in the high school
2: and he's everyone's hero at the school Mm. Oh, I'm Miss Aust. I'm the fourth grade teacher. I've been at the school for 11 years and I also have dabbled in coaching here and there and podcasting. <laughs> mm. uh, I am Mrs. Burton,
3: formerly known as Miss Heisler and known as Miss Heisler about 10 to 20 times a day, depending Minim- on, minimum. on how awake the kids are. <laughs> um, this is my second year at St. Joseph Academy. Um, I'm the High school algebra teacher, middle school and fifth grade Latin teacher, seventh and eighth grade girls music teacher, and choir teacher, and ex-volleyball basketball coach. Ooh. I am expecting X a Ex not <laughs> as in you
1: got canned, so you <laughs> are pregnant.
3: <laughs> Even if you wanted to can me, I quit first, so. <laughs> I quit first. <laughs> no one had the chance. <laughs> and lastly...
0: I'm Mr. Hudson. I teach high school literature. Uh, This is my second year at St. Joseph Academy, but uh, I've been working in classical schools for almost 10 years now. Mm, So you must have a
3: a very good definition of (laughs) classical (laughs) (laughs) education, Mr. Hudson.
0: Well, uh,
2: in your opinion, (laughs) no.
0: (laughs) Classical education, I guess maybe a good place to start is... uh, where it begins and compared to a modern education, because classical education goes back to the very roots of Western civilization. So it values uh, the uh, origin of the culture, the great minds and thinkers. Uh, It's interested in learning not just facts or teaching to a test, but also teaching uh, students how to think. How mm. to reason. It's about developing the whole person, teaching both uh, the head and the heart.
3: And is that where the word classical comes from? Is it
0: Specifically, uh, the pillars looking at Greece and Rome, uh, but also Jerusalem, especially mm. as mm. a Catholic school.
3: Oh, very interesting.
0: Yeah,
1: that might be a good question is um, presumably there's classical schools that are not Catholic. Right. Yes. Uh. So we might want to define what is a Catholic classical school mm. or Catholic. Classical education,
2: indeed, Joseph.
3: Is that Mrs.
1: Bergen? Is that are, are you volunteering? Is that a hand?
2: Do <laughs> uh, I say uh, hand raise?
3: To be to be completely honest, I feel the most underqualified at this table.
1: Well, I, I've heard that. that your upbringing involved <laughs> several <laughs> classical Catholic schools, so Catholic I think you're being <laughs> a bit too modest there. <laughs> so, how about your experience? You you grew up. Uh, you went to a high school, classical Catholic high school in in pittsburgh Pittsburgh. yes aquinas academy
3: aquinas academy excellent school if you ever live in pittsburgh send your children there Uh Add, sorry (laughs) i just (laughs) spilled a little bit of sparkling water (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so we were required to take latin starting in sixth grade all the way through 12th grade and it was a little bit different than saint joe's um not to critique St Joe's because <laughs> it's very wonderful that we have Latin, uh, but as opposed to twice a twice a week ending in eighth grade, it was five times a week required up until tenth grade, optional eleventh mm-hmm. and twelfth so it was a little bit more purposeful because by the time I was in twelfth grade, we were actually translating classical works of literature, which is the point of learning latin you're just not it i mean learning latin is is very good for developing your brain and learning the vocabulary language in general, totally Mm -hmm. and grammar and everything. Um, But it's, it might seem a little bit pointless to (laughs) middle schoolers when they don't actually gain the ability to end up translating the classical works. So we were translating Ovid in 10th grade. Frankly, I can't remember what we were translating in 11th grade. And then we jumped to the Aeneid in in 12th grade. Um, So I think the Latin roots of classical education were a little bit more apparent. For me growing up which didn't answer your catholic classical education
2: question no it's a good start though <laughs> okay yeah. can i also bring up something being an elementary teacher classical education for me is like a very different perspective than maybe a high school teacher mm-hmm. not different yeah. but complementary in the sense yes. of um what i see classical education as is as like you're meeting the student where they are developmentally instead of throwing them into something and just expecting them to like adapt to it. Like my fourth graders or kindergartners or second graders cannot, you know, they're not, um, they're not at the stage developmentally to learn how to the, the whys of everything and then how to argue it. They really are developmentally like learning how to, um, you know, take in information and Mm -hmm. process information. They're sponges. And that's not what I see, um, when I see, you know, friends and colleagues in, in public schools or in other, even Catholic schools who are throwing them right into almost the rhetoric stage at right. a very early age. And I'm like, no, we're at the grammar stage, you right. know, and I, I can think you talk more about what grammar and rhetoric.
3: Yeah. I was going to say
1: it'd be good to, uh, in, in considering like defining our terms, right, yeah. um, what are the three stages Mr. The Hudson trivium. said, yeah, the trivium, the end goal mm. is learning how to think and Mm. so what's the progression there how do the three stages lead to that eventual goal of learning how to think properly and so what are those what are those three stages of the trivium Mm
0: -hmm. Mm.
2: there's Mm. grammar grammar logic Logic. what do you do do? rhetoric
0: are you talking about the arts or the stages I was speaking more of the stages. Because actually those stages are not classical. Ooh. They were developed by Dorothy Serres in I the I was reading 1900s. about that this week. Um, okay. Based on her own personal experience, not based on any actual classical schools in Rome or the Middle Ages. Okay, but this that's is a big uh,
2: part of what our school is about, is, the stages, is those three stages. That's but do they have
3: to be separated
2: by what we share with?
3: So you do all three at family. once?
0: Uh, no, oh, insofar enough. as there's not a specific stage. Um, that you don't, it's not They're so woven. neatly developed right. as to elementary, middle school, high school, no, I'm just or saying even for, for the person, that it's not so much um, that, that you enter a certain stage. Insofar as you are working on all of the subjects at the same time, um, that the subjects, it, it's not just a method. Classical uh, education is not just a way of teaching, which often people will associate things like so the Socratic dialogue or seminar method, um, but also it does involve a lot of memorization, uh, other, other, uh, there are other ways as far as the teaching, but it's, for classical education, it's actually the content that's more important. And so looking at, as you've mentioned, the liberal arts, um, which so it's not just the trivium, although that is clearly important, and you would need grammar in order to move into logic, in order to move into rhetoric, and ultimately that's where you're going, but it also requires the quadrivium. Right, so yeah. your arithmetic and geometry, astronomy, and music. And are equally as important. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh which actually looking at the development in the method, uh Dorothy Sayers actually cuts those out completely.
3: Right. Yeah. I was watching um really nerdy. A video of a <laughs> math and You're Latin, Latin teacher. You're a teacher. Funny <laughs> <Not> enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about math and classical education, because I've struggled over years finding my place in that or just maths being a math person classical education, but I liked how he talked about developing the grammar of math. So you're learning Mm -hmm. the the basic rules so that you can then move into the rhetoric stage. Um, and your foundation can help you play around with things a little bit more Mm -hmm. complex complexly more complicatedly
2: (laughs) that's that's why i brought up up the the grammar stage because it's not i mean it's not all about those three stages but you have to have the baseline before throwing someone into you know uh, a lot of progressive education right now is very much like you need to understand why and if you can prove me wrong prove me wrong no you're a first grader and you need to know that like two plus two equals four like it's not
0: and that's a very good point because it's not in the modern education it is a lot more about either learning facts or just knowledge is equal to facts or it's about disproving something or contradicting memorization is
2: completely out of the progressive education system right now, like modern education. And And that's still very important. That's part of why I value teaching at a classical school.
0: And yes, memorization is important at all levels, especially for rhetoric, the idea of being able to speak Mm -hmm. and to give a speech uh, largely from memory. Um, But uh, as you were saying, as far as the going back to the method, this socratic dialogue if you are familiar or you read plato's dialogues it's Mm -hmm. usually one-on-one even though there are a whole bunch of people there it's one person that socrates is working with and so meeting that person where he's at um, questioning getting him to a certain point and everyone else is learning from that same experience so It is very flexible in that way, and so it is very much about the individual student, as opposed to, here's everything for everybody, and everyone has to do the same thing. Speaking of Socrates and Greek philosophy,
1: a common way of looking at the world is looking at, uh, for those Greeks, and I think is a proper way of viewing reality, is defining essences, whatness, two things, and one way when you're looking at the reality of things is you're asking, what's its purpose, what's its ends, what's it made for, so maybe... A bit of a segue here could be what is the purpose of classical education? How might that purpose be different from many modern forms of education? And Mm. I think in asking this question, we could get to the more Catholic classical Mm. purpose to education. So, what's the purpose? What's the end goal of education? Should we start with the counterfeit or we believe to be the real deal? Let's start with the counterfeit. Let's start with the
3: counterfeit. It's (laughs) fun.
1: Okay. Why? Okay. So, for the counterfeit, Version of education. If you ask a question, why are you going to school? What would be the answer?
3: Get a job. Get,
1: Get good a job. grades. Get good
3: Get grades. Good, good grades. Just a little Please, anecdote for that. Um, trying to find good posters to put in a math-themed room. The first, you know, 15, 20 hits when you Google math posters are like listing top 10 money-making jobs that require oh. STEM degrees. It's mm. that's all it is. It's just. W- how much money you can make if you do well in math, which is so right. depressing. Why would that motivate anyone? Well, money. can I, well, I, yeah, I, mean, can I push, you, push back <laughs> slightly? Well, Sad just,
1: so CS Lewis has this principle called first things and second things and when you put first things first second things Come as well when you put second things first Not only do you not fully get the second things, but you also spoil the first things. could
3: mm-hmm. you define first and second things? Yeah,
1: so we're talking about first principles or first goals uh, versus second goals. And so if we put as our main goal of education is getting the test scores mm-hmm. To get to the college to get the job to make the money Is not to downplay those things, right? right? That's why I want to push back like those things are important. Yeah, but there's something higher than that mm-hmm. There's something be more of a first thing or a first end which is to put the second things in their proper perspective I remember I had a college course where the professor, it was, we were going over the Nicomachean ethics of Aristotle and kind I of the way... white. Oh, topic, was, it was light. Well, it was <laughs> great. It was, um, <laughs> you know, I didn't go to a college like TAC, like Mr. Hudson. So it wasn't all <laughs> seminar, but it was my favorite philosophy course because it was, and it, it was like 12 guys and this professor and it was seminar style of Nicomachean ethics. Uh, but the way we were beginning is Aristotle presents virtue with its end goal of why do you, why... Why be virtuous right. and the end mm. goal is happiness. Right. We desire to be happy. Um, that is the end we're always seeking. And so he kind of began the class of asking a lot of why questions. Why are you here in this class? Why are you here at this school? Digging, mm. Where yeah. are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Yeah. And if you keep pressing that why question, especially with education, it's like, well, why do you want to get the good job? Why do you want to make the money? Why? You there's keep a, pressing There's that. an
2: end eventually. <laughs> like, why do you want to make all this I money? Well, I want to be happy. I want to be happy.
1: Yeah. All right, and there's the clash. Right. Is joyful? Is, is that what it is? Is money evil? No. Right. Is money good? Can it be used for good things? Yes.
2: Can it be used for evil? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point. Yeah. But
0: then that, of course, is where, especially the difference from even just a general classical education versus a cla- Catholic classical education, because for Catholics, happiness ultimately is uh, w- to be with God in heaven, and therefore anything that will lead to that is what's going to be important to make us happy.
2: Right. The the true. The true, the good, the beautiful. Right. Right? That's so funny. Uh, When I took Nicomachean
3: Ethics at Christendom. I didn't didn't take that. (laughs) 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 You know, just Aristotle, just some guy. um, Started the class by asking. It was really similar. So small seminar. And he asked, can a dog be happy? Mm. And it was sparked this like week long debate. It was amazing. Someone ended up defending that a pencil could be happy. Like it just gets crazy. But obviously his main point, not obviously, but his main point was that we need to define happiness before Mm -hmm. we can answer that question at all. So not much to do with classical education besides the fact that we need to define terms.
0: Well, (laughs) and the Nicomachean ethics is actually not something that you need even to wait for college that. For mm. six years, I taught it to high school juniors. Oh, interesting! And they responded really well I- to yeah. it. Yeah, and the it's my we would talk class. about uh, what Aristotle is presenting and defining virtue and happiness, but also then applying it, since ethics is a a practical or is meant to for action. Um, and so, mm-hmm. talking about hypotheticals in uh, our lives today and understanding how it would work and assessing it in his terms. Right. And every year. Yeah, there was always, uh, it was either The Nicomachean Ethics or Plato's Republic that was their favorite book from the whole year.
3: What is that, what is that about human nature where we just love discussing those sorts of things? Okay, that's a nature. good, well,
1: that's a good seg- segue is we desire segue. truth for its own sake. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean. so I went to public school for most of my life and the version of education that, that's heavily pushed even, you know, what was this, 10 plus years ago. Um, is you can, as a student, if, if the only thing that is important is getting a good grade to get to a good college, Boo. you, 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 you get students. into this. Well, here's <laughs> your end goal, right? It's not like I care about the subject right. matter. I'm genuinely interested. I want to discuss this all day long or all week long. Right. It's how can I get the A on the test? Um, teacher, tell me what's important for the test. What can I spit back to you? What can I regurgitate back to you to get the A so I could get to the college where I'm gonna get to. And then I'll
2: forget about everything that I just spit back to you. Precisely. I'm not gonna actually suck it in. And And
1: so it's like education is not desirable for itself. Truth Mm -hmm. is not desirable for itself. It's a means to getting somewhere. Right. And so um, the grade in that class becomes the all-encompassing goal Mm -hmm. that'll get you to, to the college to get you the job. To get you the money. To get you the money. Right. So what is it about loving the truth for its own sake, which right. not only um, makes education so important, but you said makes it exciting. Right. What is it? Why yeah. is it so I so much so more exciting? I get personally
3: offended when I just get questions about specifically what's on the quiz. Are you going to mark that wrong? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, why don't you care more about what I'm teaching? The grades will follow if you mm-hmm. love it and you're going to actually have a much better time if you try to get out of that headspace.
2: But Yes. Well, isn't that like life, too? It's not just. Learning, you know, it's not just about the truth of education and making things m- more important and meaningful, but mm-hmm. that's life, right? Like finding, like if you're just, if you're just going through and you're not looking to see the bigger picture and you're not looking at, you know, as opposed to just the answers to the test or what you see in front of you. If you're not looking for meaning in life, like then life could be really, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, it's not wah, just education, wah, wah. it's life in general it's well, training yeah. them to learn, to seek the truth the mm, beauty and the exactly. goodness not outside of education. And
0: not only that, it's even especially with the classical education, the education doesn't end when you leave the classroom. Right. It's right. that the learning, this pursuit of truth, should con- continue on as you're going afterwards, uh, whether talking with your teachers, exploring on your own, discussing with your classmates, and that the classes themselves are not compartmentalized, yes. that it's an integrated yeah. curriculum. Yeah, we Connected. need to talk about that.
2: Hmm.
1: There, yeah, we can so easily compart- compartmentalize. That's a fun <laughs> way to say. Um, our You're classes so and all <laughs> <and laughs> again, um, and this would probably be a completely separate topic. But <laughs> but the idea of um, you know this this view of who was it, Mr. Aston? Was it Francis Bacon? This idea of like knowledge is power. Bacon. Yes. Okay. Right. And it's very what you call like utilitarian approach right. to mm-hmm. education. And so there's not really a cohesive harmony to truth. Um, most educational models we have is like, okay, if you want truth, you want facts. Bringing back to you talking about facts is like, hit hard on the math and sciences. Right. If you want opinion and subjective fancies, go to you know go to literature and philosophy. Yeah. Maybe even history Maybe today, even you would history. say has become so subjectivized. Actually, yeah. Definitely, definitely history. Putting um,
2: putting them into two different camps, like oh, right. like fluffy versus you know right <laughs> STEM. Because okay, yeah. if
1: you look at if you look at a more um a more classic, more ancient understanding of education, is you don't really have all these separate departments of knowledge. Like you look at someone like Aristotle or, or Thomas Aquinas, it's I want to know everything there is to reality.
2: Mm-hmm. Period.
1: Period. I'm not just going mm-hmm. to pick math and science because it's going to get Cause me the job. Math and science we person, have an like insatiable longing to know the truth. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, all the other di- all the disciplines should build on each other. Right. They they should, um, and there should be this harmony in all the classes that you have, where you're seeking after truth. In you know different different truths to learn. There's going to be different mm. truths in, in math and science and in literature and theology, right. uh, but there's a very like reductionist reductionistic view. It's a common of truth. thread um, that would lead to that compartmentalization.
0: Compa- compartmentalization? compartmentalization. It's
1: a Friday, <laughs> it's a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: and that was just it. Is going back to the idea of the liberal arts, insofar as they were kind of your basis, your training, uh, from which you would go to philosophy and ultimately to theology. And so it didn't end there. Right. right. Uh, that you would have to be going and everything was ordered towards theology. So Could, why
3: yeah. um, c- a just point. a quick why is it why are they called the liberal arts?
1: Well, liberal, I mean, the the original word means like free. free? It's from mm-hmm. the Latin word. Okay. Evil. I always
3: thought it was because if you learn across the board, you become Free to explore the I truth. Just of the
0: free m- movie, you? The Matrix. Yeah. Free yeah. your mind. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yes. It's yeah. uh, these and are...
1: The, the more truths you li- learn, the more free you become. You. Right, yes. exactly. Yeah. Um, Think of Plato's cave. Right. Yeah, you get yeah. out of the shackles. That's a liberation. Right. You're seeing reality in its full splendor right. of glory.
3: And I think the reason why our favorite classes are all so truth heavy, it's it's so appealing to the human nature to discover the truth. And so countercultural to even believe that there is a truth. Right. So the fact that we're, you know, ex- just stating that there is truth at our school is countercultural, and then we're exploring that just creates, I think, classes that would not. I don't think this kind of excitement that I'm seeing, you know, when I sit in on your morality class, whatever that this is. This is church
0: history. Yeah, it was. I'm
3: hoping for it. It was morality topics. It was <laughs> I don't free know if for that all kind Friday. Of excitement is being sparked. At public school. I right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Can, Not that can my we
3: classes are very exciting. Sparking. <laughs> okay, Sorry, your to, I don't mean exciting.
1: to like abruptly. This would be more of a pivot. pivot? <laughs> but I'm looking at the time and we're. So All right. we didn't really talk about like Catholic classical. Ah. And so, I mean, what would be the end goal of any Catholic, let alone in education, is union with God in this life and the yeah, next. Right. Yes. Right. And so there's an element like everything we do as a Catholic school should unite us to God.
2: Even the little things. Little, everything. Yeah, every everything. little thing. Right.
1: Think about the great Commandments like you got to love the Lord with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so part of loving the Lord your God with your whole mind is in order to come closer to God, you got to know who God is. You got to know who you, who you are. And so knowledge leads to this union with God. And so what would you say is like hallmarks of a, a Catholic classical school?
3: I think, obviously, with your religion classes, it's easier to see how you're forming minds that would become closer to God. But even in literature, Matthew, what do you do that promotes that?
0: Well, everything, insofar as literature provides a great case study uh, for examining all of the topics as far as the way we think, the way we see reality, the way uh, human nature, uh, even theology. In fact, uh, I like to tell the sophomores that our literature class is actually more theological than any of their theological their theology I actually classes. Why um, is that? I don't I'm not in the
1: least way offended by that, <laughs> to be honest. I actually told the seniors today that in some ways now you gotta hear me right here. Let me I we gotcha. Okay. Literature is in some ways more important than theology and philosophy. Not because it's a higher science. Theology is the highest science. And (laughs) science, the word science, (laughs) Latin just for knowledge. Right? Not the reduced sense of the material sciences. But science is knowledge. Theology is the highest. But what I mean is, literature has a way of Mm -hmm. concretizing, and instantiating abstract principles into a story. Think about Jesus. He tells parables. Right. He makes it concrete. And so there's something where you might be in theology class and it, the concepts go over your head. But then you go to a story and you're reading literature and you see those abstract principles concretized in a story and you're like able to identify them. them. Let me end. use an example right. like yeah. David, yeah. for example, um, King David, gets caught in a uh, whole lot of trouble. Hmm. And <laughs> um, Nathan, the prophet, comes up to him. What does he do? He knows David's defenses are, are really high. And so he's not going to just call him out right away. He tells him a parable, gets him wrapped up into the story. The little sheep. Right. And then he gets him to condemn the man in the parable. And he says, you know, (laughs) you are that man. So there's a way in which literature (laughs) can concretize abstract
0: truths in a way. um, And
3: allows to see into a clearer window into the human nature and the truth of things.
0: Well, and even uh, Aquinas mentions that it's basically the starting point. As far as you begin with the literature, poetry, as he would call it. And then working up because it helps train uh whether as an example as to understand just as jesus spoke in parables but also to form the imagination exactly uh it's and forming like the whole
2: person it's not exactly. and that's part of the 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 point of classical education is forming the whole person well, and the, ca- the catholic and classical. certainly as
0: a catholic understanding of literature with the bible being sort of the preeminent mm-hmm. work uh, or works of, of literature that all fall short of it or imitate it in a sense and so therefore it is all leading towards sacred scripture
1: Th- which is good. I think that's a... Okay, we got about a minute and a half. let us wrap up. Here's a thought I have to close. Okay, hit okay. It. And I, w- I might say, like, I would say we're just scratching the surface. We should probably have we some further, are. you know, classical education part two, maybe three. Keep going. Bum, anyway. Bum. Bum. Hit, um, the, hit the point. So, I heard a... Well, Ooh. that's what I was saying is we don't even have the headmaster oh. for <laughs> this. And so, <laughs> we, we could do a sneak preview for part two, part three. His
2: microphone's not on. I mean... That's, yeah, we're definitely going to go into but that. Um, but, okay,
1: so in one of my theology classes, I, uh, one of my professors quoted a saint. Um, I don't know which saint that is, but it was, like, theology is properly studied on one's knees. Wow. And another thing that, like, what you study in theology should, um, what you study in a library of theology should lead you to the chap. And so Ooh. I think you could even broaden that, though, of, like, time you experience truth, whether it's in science, it's in math, it's in literature, it's in theology, philosophy. If you're authentically encountering a truth about reality, God is truth with an uppercase T, right? He's, he is truth itself. And so there's a way in which if you're experiencing authentic truth in a classroom, that should lead you to the tra- chapel, that should lead you to our Friday school masses, that mm-hmm. should lead you to confession. So like the end goal is always going to union with God.
2: Mm-hmm. Good point.
3: Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Bam. Yes.
1: Yes. For a part one. I think we're just, I would say we're just scratching. We're doing our best videos. here. Peeps. I need a pot of <laughs> drink. Sorry.
2: Where's I need a beer.